eugenics, the lofty notion that the human race can be vaguely and subjectively improved by controlling reproductive factors, in practice ends up violating fundamental human rights immediately following implementation. Among the horrifying routes eugenics trailblazers have taken, Dr. Leo Stanley, apparently, stands somewhat apart. San Quentin State Penitentiary Chief Surgeon Leo Stanley was the testicle man. Dr. Stanley was already having a ball inflicting childlessness following the Californian legalization of sterilization for inmates and patients of mental institutions deemed unfit for society. The doctor himself believed that 20% of all inmates were, quote, feeble-minded, end quote, and that prison inmates should be sterilized much more frequently than was legal at the time. His zeal for vasectomies on San Quentin inmates coincided with what is identified as, quote, the high point of sterilization in California, end quote. Over the course of forced legalized sterilizations in California, which lasted from 1909 until 1979, when the law was repealed, 20,000 Californians were sterilized. Even during this high point, Stanley was officially and medically encouraged, but not universally revered. Ezra Gosney, co-founder of the Human Betterment Foundation, wrote about Stanley to a colleague, quote, Our opinion is that he is a little over-enthusiastic about the use of sterilization for prisoners. End quote. According to Stanley, one example of the unnecessary feeble-minded population was a prisoner who had forged a $5 check. On the basis of this transgression, Stanley wrote down that this inmate was a, quote, perfect specimen for any proponent of euthanasia or painless elimination of the socially unfit, end quote. Diagnosing another inmate that he disliked, Stanley explained that, quote, Sterilization by the state of the father would have saved much subsequent expenditure and human suffering. Plow was a man who should never have been born. End quote. When Leo criticized bawling mothers for the coddling of their sons that he believed led to their criminal actions, he asserted, quote, Even in the face of their tears, I feel resentment toward them as well as pity. Not a few of them are as guilty as their sons. End quote. Since it was illegal to sterilize most, but not all, prisoners, when he ran out of eligible victims, Stanley tried recruiting San Quentin inmates by telling them that sterilization may increase their sexual vigor, which was experimentally untrue, and that it would help prevent sexually transmitted diseases such as syphilis, which was totally untrue. He ended up sterilizing 600 patients altogether, but Stanley was just getting started. He performed such radical plastic surgery on inmates that one newspaper reported he could turn, quote, plug uglies into facial men of distinction, end quote. And the prison warden required all reconstructed inmates to take a new mugshot when they were released. Stanley most strongly believed that he could repair society by committing to experimentation of the endocrine system via gland therapies. He would sometimes remove the thyroids of prison troublemakers, saying it would calm them down. While Stanley participated in executions as his position warranted, a privilege that afforded him much of the tissues he sought for his experiments, 
He believed that, through his research, medicine would reform dangerous and unsuitable malcontents who had lost their marbles. His preferred medium of behavior modification was a bunch of testicles. And of this avenue, two operations were his favorites. One involved taking testicles from executed inmates, goats, boars, rams, or deer, and implanting them or strips of them into the waiting scrotum of some socially unfit, often elderly, test subject. A successful operation meant to Stanley that the virile testosterone of the replacement testicles would correct any imbalanced hormones in the hooligan. But this didn't always work, and word got round that the experiments were hairy, so Stanley developed a less invasive procedure. He would acquire a set of testicles, mash them up into a paste, and then inject the paste into the abdomen of whoever was on the table that day. Stanley thought this testicle mash injection could cure acne, asthma, depression, pedophilia, and a host of other ailments. One time, he claims that after someone with depression received the abdominal shot, a few days later, they had an erection. Stanley ran that erection up the flagpole as a measure of his progress in positive eugenics. Stanley saw himself as a stern but fair doctor, while he asserted that others saw him, quote, as a medical sadist gloating over tortured victims, end quote. Who's to say? Well, Dwight Myers, an inmate at San Quentin, recalls an incident in which his hand was crushed in the gearbox of a piece of heavy machinery and, in arriving at the prison hospital, was ordered up to the operating room by one of the doctors. Leo Stanley said, quote, Hell no, put him over on that table there, and get the bone clipper, and get to work. End quote. Another inmate, suffering from swelling in his groin, was refused medical care for over two months until his scrotum burst open, and according to the inmate, quote, The testicle popped out, and the corruption and blood came out of it. End quote. A prison guard told him it was, quote, the meanness running out of him. End quote. When the inmate asked Stanley about the event three weeks later, Stanley said, quote, well, it's too late now. Get out. End quote. At the same time, inmates were generally eager to undergo medical procedures. Stanley says, quote, it has been a source of wonder to me that many of the men would submit to operations without any more hesitancy than one would show in going to the barber to have his hair cut. End quote. Stanley took great advantage of this opportunity. Stanley acknowledged that criminal tendencies come from, quote, swollen egos as often as from diseased glands, end quote. Then swiftly reiterated his primary theory with the pronouncement, quote, what is the ego but the combined functioning of the glands? End quote. There is no apparent evidence that Stanley asked permission to use said donated testicles, and at least one lawsuit resulted from his appropriations. Stanley regularly watched hangings, and as usual, he wheeled the executed inmate into his operating room and removed his gonads. This time, though, the uncle and mother of the inmate noticed and discovered the missing masses, and were understandably upset, suing Stanley for mutilation. The story made the news, but Stanley was staunchly defended by his insurance company, the dean of the University of California's medical school, and the San Francisco Examiner, who chastised the public for going nuts over experiments that advanced scientific knowledge 
and, quote, the health of the whole public, end quote. The furor over mutilation calmed down and Stanley continued with his experiments. Most prisoners in the early 20th century, when Leo Stanley practiced, were just thought to be bad seeds. So knowing that his proactive work had been publicly vindicated, Dr. Stanley was able to take a load off. Stanley was not the first testicle man. In 1889, a French physiologist injected himself with, quote, a slurry of testicular extracts from dogs and guinea pigs, end quote. A Viennese Nobel Prize nominee theorized that vasectomies could invigorate elderly men, and many men willingly underwent vasectomies and testified to their beneficial effects. Sergei Voronov would graft testicular tissue of monkeys onto the testicles of men because, you know, therapy. And a Dr. Lidstom from Chicago who had begun his own experiments in 1918 was actually Leo Stanley's direct inspiration. Stanley's stated reasoning being, quote, wishing to prove or disprove some of the initial assertions of the pioneer physician Dr. Lidstom of Chicago regarding testicular implantation, end quote. Stanley was not the first testicle man, but was easily the most prolific. Stanley was a prominent and influential doctor at San Quentin Prison for 38 years, and in that time is estimated to have performed one procedure or another on about 10,000 inmates, colleagues, and civilians, about one swapped set or mash injection every day and a half. Stanley practiced to an extent what he preached and had a vasectomy himself in an effort to prolong his life. Leo lived to 90, but his legacy outlived him. That legacy is hard to pin down. Despite the contemporary popularity and many claimed successes, what exactly did this treatment successfully cure? As Ethan Blue points out, quote, the specific ailment was never named, end quote. According to Stanley and anecdotal testimonies, testicular transplantation helped alleviate or cure pedophilia or acne or impotence or mental instability or criminal tendencies, and the list goes on. The nebulous therapeutic claims accompanied a steady stream of volunteers, prisoners, and even a few dozen doctors and civilians that requested of Stanley some surgical hormonal balancing. None of the test subjects received compensation in any form for undergoing the treatments, and the conclusive data taken in the days and weeks following the procedures is as vague as the reasoning for operating in the first place. A result may read, quote, Their eyesight is improved. The appetite is increased. Renewed mental and physical vigor. Cured permanently of his criminal tendencies. A feeling of buoyancy. Increased sexual activity loss of tired feeling, end quote. And again, the list goes broadly on. Still, you can't really lasso and puree an army of balls without people paying attention. Leo Stanley, by the virtue of his single-minded testicular focus, will be remembered. For some reason. For some reason. 